Welcome to the broadcast of Riverside Church in Princeton, North Carolina. Riverside Church preaching Christ and Him crucified. For more information, check out our website at www.riversidefwb.com. Open up to the book of Hebrews. If you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been in the book of Hebrews. We'll continue to be in the book of Hebrews probably till the end of the year. There's a lot of good stuff in here, and today will be no different. And the book of Hebrews, chapter number seven. This morning, you know, uh, we always say, I choose to believe the Bible because it is a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses than the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report supernatural events that took place and fulfillment of prophecy. They are divine, not human in origin. We here at Riverside believe in the five solas. You probably can say them with me, and that's all right if you want to. But we're going to go through them quickly this morning. We believe in Scripture alone. We believe in faith alone. We believe in Christ alone. We believe in grace alone. And we believe God alone receives the glory. Can somebody say amen this morning? But this morning we're looking at Hebrews chapter number 7. If you were here last week, you saw your preacher go into a nuclear meltdown. Because it was so good to me, I had to go home and cool off for the rest of the day because I preached myself into a frenzy as we looked at Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 and I'm trying not to get overheated already as we get started but verse 25 y'all is just so good if you have a copy of God's Word, I do hope you'll open it and you'll look along with me in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 as we're going to finish up this chapter. If you want to know where my notes are this morning, you're looking at them. This is the manuscript that we'll use. We'll go verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And when you preach like this, you'll come across verses that are hard, but we don't go around them. We hold hands and walk together through them. Amen? If you ever go to hear a sermon from someone preaching and they never open their Bible... Let me go ahead and let this echo in your mind's memory. That's a bad sermon. Amen. Open the Bible and preach the Word of God. Don't be a, a commentary on the culture. Don't tell me well, who I should vote for. Don't tell me all those things. Don't tell me how to balance my checkbook. Don't tell me how to have the perfect marriage. Open the Bible and tell me, so saith the Lord. Woo, that was a weak amen, but we got all day. Let's get started. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Oh man, let me get through this. Consequently, he's able to say to the uttermost, those who draw near to him through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. What we've learned already in this chapter is that God don't lie and God don't change. He swore that Jesus will be your advocate and your representative. He will be your high priest forever. That means you won't outlive him. That means there will not be a change in management. There will not be uh, unemployment that he is the one who represents you in heaven. But for those who don't submit to Him and honor Him and live for Him, he, let me go ahead and bust your bubble. He, he's not on your side. He's against you. Wait a minute, are you saying that Jesus don't love me? No, He don't love you. No, He don't. That, I know that sounds harsh, but you need somebody like me to tell you the truth. If you consistently sin and rebel against God, He's not your advocate. He's your adversary. You will stand before Him and He will crush you. But those who rest in His promises, trust in Him, lean on Him. I didn't say you were perfect. I didn't say you had it all together. But that makes His grace so much sweeter, don't it, y'all? Don't it? Don't it make His grace sweeter to know that He forgives sinners because that's all there is. Woo! 
oh, I'm already preaching good and you ain't saying nothing. Must be this microphone ain't on or your hearing aids, batteries are dying. But this morning, I want to remind you, if God is for you, who can be against you? But if God's against you, it don't matter who's for you. Are you in right standing with God today? Are you standing before Him holy and righteous and good? And if you are, verse 25, sweet, sweet text. He's able to save you to the uttermost. That means He saves you absolutely and completely. It's as if you're walking in heaven already. He has saved you. Oh, that is so good to know I don't have to earn my salvation. Uh, Let me elaborate that my church attendance does not equate my salvation. My baptismal record does not equal salvation. My volunteer hours don't mean that I'm saved. Have you ever heard somebody say, I've got to keep myself saved, preacher? If it was up to me, I'd already be in hell. I can't keep myself saved. It's God who keeps me. He saves me to the uttermost. Now, somebody crazy might read this and say, that means if Jesus loves me, I can do what I want. He's going to love me anyway. No, 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 no. Let me use an example. Imagine a married couple on their honeymoon. He comes to her and says, baby, will you love me if I cheat on you? She says, of course, I love you. I'll forgive you. And he walks right out the door and cheats on her and comes back. That just proves that he don't love her. Here today, if you're using grace as an excuse to sin, you don't love Jesus. You love sin. I know this don't preach good. If we took up offering right now, we probably won't get much. But it sure is true. But if He saves you to the uttermost, that means it's not dependent on you. It's dependent on Him. He saves, not you. Oh, Oh, that's so good, preacher. Say that again. It's not my performance, but the performance of Christ. Because He saves to the uttermost. And I will not use His grace as a means to sin. Because when I do that, all I'm proving is I don't really love Jesus. But we can see from the text that He really loves me. In spite of me, He died for me. Oh, that is good. That is good. He saves us to the uttermost. That means He absolutely saves us. That don't mean He saves us today and He don't tomorrow. That means when I fail and I mess up, that He continues to claim me as His own. I love my children. I'm sure you love your children, but they ain't my children. But I love my children, and you love yours. And I doubt there's anything that they'll do where you say, well, that ain't my child anymore. I disown them, and I cut them completely off. They're as a stranger to me. I doubt that, because you love your children. The same is true about the love of the Lord. If you are His, in spite of what you do, you're His. Now, that don't cause you to want to go sin more. That causes you to love Him all the more. Don't it? Amen. Amen. That means you don't have to go to church. That means you don't have to read your Bible. You don't even have to tithe. You don't even have to be nice. You get to. You get to read your Bible. Read about this unfailing love. This anchor of your soul. The one who sticks closer than a brother. He by no means will catch you out. He will not stop. He will be persistent in doing you good. You get to read your Bible. You get to go to church. You get to support gospel preaching ministries like Riverside by podcast, radio, and television. Proclaiming the good news of the gospel. In spite of us, Jesus loves us. He saves us to the uttermost. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Jesus saved me and claims me for His very own. 
He saves to the uttermost and then we draw near to God through Him, through Jesus. Not our performance. Let's go ahead and smash those little golden calf idols. Jesus don't love you because you attend church perfect. Yes, Levi has perfect attendance at home school. And I know many of us don't, even the preacher don't have perfect attendance. But we're only saved by grace. Let that bear on your conscience. There are some people who have used the pandemic as an excuse not to go to church. But we read in the Bible of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego who would not bow the knee to Nebuchadnezzar's image even though it was an edict from the government. They still worship, even through the fire. That tells me that sometimes worship is going to cost you something. It's going to be inconvenient. It might even come against the law. But still, worship God. Maybe maybe you have been legit afraid and worried about a, a virus. But it's just, it's just strange. How I've seen some of our church members out at restaurants without face masks on. But they won't hearken the doors of Riverside. I know this ain't nice, but it has to be said. I can say patty cake words and tickle your ears and make you feel good while you ride your pew on into hell. But I'm going to tell you why you're here. Some people have used the pandemic because they're cowards and they don't really love Jesus. Mm. I had to say it. I'm going to keep saying it. But for those who love Jesus. We've made, we have made the gospel accessible and comfortable. Face mask, hand sanitizer. We, we even broadcast in the parking lot. And those who come will come, but those who won't just won't because they don't love Jesus. So let's just put the excuses out the window. Let's just be honest. That way we don't have to fake it any longer. Either you love Jesus or you don't because there'll come a day whenever... A vaccine or face mask will be old news and there'll have to be another excuse why you won't attend church. Well, there's a ball game or it's hunting season or uh, it's sunny, it's rainy, it's cold, it's hot. Worship is always worth it because you're going to worship something. You will worship something. Don't feel guilty because you went to the beach one weekend. I'm not talking to you. Don't feel bad about, well, I am legit concerned about a coronavirus and COVID-19. Don't be, don't be worried and say I'm bashing you. I'm talking to your heart. Either you're going to be offended about what I said or convicted. And I know I'm going to get some hate on this, but it needs to be said. Stop making excuses. Either you love Jesus or you don't. Serve Jesus. Honor Him. And that don't mean perfect attendance at church. That's not what it means. You're saved by grace. You're not saved by you coming to church here. You can go anywhere. You can have church at home. But do you? Do you? Spend the day to honor God and honor Him and put Him first. Do you? Preacher, you being mean. No, I'm just being honest. Let's let things be said that need to be said. That's my job. If you went to a doctor and he simply told jokes the whole time you visited and never addressed your issues and sent you home with a false sense of security, that's a bad doctor. He betrayed you. 
He lied to you. But let it not be said of me. Let me tell you the truth. Standing before God, He'll ask, were you faithful? Did you honor me in all ways? Did you put me first? Did you commit your life to me and serve me? Will He say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or will He say, depart from me, for I never knew you. For those who put their trust in Him, He saves you to the uttermost. And you have access to God through Christ. But for those who are simply playing church, who come to, come to Christmas and Easter, they, they come when we're having to eat, and I call them CEOs, Christmas, Easter's, and others. He will turn you away. I don't think I'm picking on anybody. I'm not. This is my job. Your soul hangs in the balance. And some of us have grown lukewarm. If you read the book of Revelation, he says those who are lukewarm, he will spew out of your mouth. What does that mean? Well, y'all remember back when we can go to water fountains before COVID back in the day? If you were hot and you drank some lukewarm water, I don't know about you, but I said, I spit it out. It was hot or cold. It couldn't do anything for me. There are those that are neither hot or cold. You're tempted. That's what bacteria breeds. It ain't hot or cold. It don't do anything. It don't scold and it don't refresh. Are you lukewarm today? Are you on fire for God? Are you cold towards God? Are you in the middle? Monday I might love Jesus. Tuesday I might. I might come Wednesday. I might. I don't know. We'll see. It depends on how I feel. I'm so thankful. The Bible says we walk by how we feel. Not by faith. Ain't that what it says? Because that's how many of us live. No, we walk by faith. That means no matter how I feel, because feelings change, y'all. Some of y'all ain't feeling me right now. That's okay. Feelings change. People are fickle. They're, they like you one minute, then they don't like you the next. But faith stays the same. Good times and the bad times. I will honor the Lord. I will bring much to His name. I will exalt Him. Live my life for His glory. We walk by faith, not by how we feel. Amen. Do y'all think preacher every Sunday, every Wednesday wants to preach? No, he don't. We walk by faith. And my faith and my hope today is He saves me to the uttermost. It sure is a good day to come to Jesus and say, God, I've dropped the ball. I've not lived like you wanted me to. I've not honored you. I've slipped in so many areas. I've relaxed myself. Did you know the devil don't care how much you come to church? He don't even care if you crack the Bible open. He just don't want you serving Jesus. When you believe something, yes, that's how you live. Yes, we can have creeds. We can pledge allegiance to all kinds of things. But it's how we live that really matters. And He says here, He'll save you to the uttermost. That means He saves you absolutely and completely. And when He saves you in that manner, people know because of the way you act. Even Gandhi has been known to say, love the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah, Gandhi said that. That's not at your Bible. I ask you, which one is He tossing to hell? Which one? The sin or the sinner? The sinner is the one that goes to hell. And what I'm pleading with you this morning is flee sin. Chase after Christ. Amen. Lean upon Him. Trust in Him. 
And it'll be evident in how you live. It has nothing to do if I see you on a Sunday or Wednesday. How do you live all week? How's your prayer life? Are you closer to Jesus now than you were before the pandemic because you had a whole year of being shut in the house? No restaurants were open. The movies is closed. They even closed outside. My kids couldn't even go to the park. Are you closer to Jesus? Because all we had was time. All we had was isolation. Did we open our Bibles and grow closer to them? Or did we find things to fill our days? Our Netflix account, Hulu, television, me network, TV, all the radios, podcasts, Facebook, Twitter. The one thing on Judgment Day that will be evident is those things you filled your day with other than Jesus. They will proclaim and accuse you before a holy God. But those of us who feel guilty and convicted, your hope is not in your tithing record. Your hope is not in the way you dress or your tax bracket or the fact that you're an American. Your hope is simply found in Jesus. He's your only hope. He's your only remedy. He's the only remedy for the sleepy heart. He's the only remedy for the lukewarm soul. He's the only hope for the cancer that burns deep within you. Our hearts are prone to wander. So Lord, hold on to me. And He will by no means just let me go because it says He saves me to the uttermost. He saves me absolutely and completely. That's so good to me. You don't understand how good that is to me. That Jesus saves me. And He keeps me. Those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them, that Jesus prays over me. There's a conversation in the throne room of heaven. For we read in our Bibles that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. And if He's at His right hand and He prays over me, He's calling your name out in the throne room of heaven. He calls your name out. He speaks over you. Maybe that should snatch you back into reality. That my God calls my name out and He prays over me. He keeps me. And He holds me. I'll tell you, that's good to me. I love my mama. And she says she prays for me. I believe her because I've been in some tough situations. And we got some church people. I know you pray for me. I know there's some church mothers who pray for me and some godly men who pray for this preacher. But when the night tarries on and it's dark and you're asleep and you won't pick up your phone or, or, or I'm in a, a situation that's an emergency that's in a blink of an eye turning, it was bad. And you might not even know what I'm going through. There's one. It's not Mama. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Donald Trump. It's not the Pope. There's one who prays over me. Who sees me in my situation. Who's faithful, everlasting, always and all the time. Every time and on time. One that prays over me. My high priest. Let that 
Be an encouragement to you. Whatever you go through hard times, because you will, you will. Christianity don't promise you pie in the sky, skittles and rainbows and puppy dogs and unicorns. Let's be honest. Christianity promises you persecution and hardships. But when they come, you have one who sticks closer than a brother. One who is faithful. A good and faithful counselor. Prince of peace. Everlasting God. Your high priest, Jesus Christ. He always lives. He lives to pray for me. In verse 26, For it is indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. This is the description of your high priest. First of all, He's holy. Oh, I don't like that. He's holy because I ain't that holy. It's good that He's holy on your account. It's good because He's your mediator. If He were holy, God certainly would not hear His prayers about you. Notice, He's innocent. That means there's no blood on His hands. He has not been stained. He has not done anything that was unpure, unrighteous. He is innocent. Unstained. He's not blemished by this world like you and I are. He's separated from sinners. That means He's not like the sinners. He's not from the same cloth as the sinners. He's separate. We do read in the Bible that He's a friend of sinners, but He's separate from sinners. Uh, Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me break it down. He was at the parties. He was at the bar where the drunks were. He was, but He won't drunk. He won't partaking in the sin. And the thing is, if you're a Christian and you're at the bar, I wonder, are you there evangelizing? And if you are evangelizing, is your speech slurred because you're tipsy and slurred? Praise the Lord, brother. Jesus loves me. Because you're on the stool holding on to the bar to keep from falling off the earth because you're drunk. Jesus was a friend of sinners. He can go among the sinners because He was not like them and unstained. If we're sinners, we can't go around the sinners because we'll be drawn in by our lusts. I ain't getting no amens, but it's true. It says that He was separate from sinners. He was a friend of sinners, but He didn't sin with them. I ain't telling you to open up your phone and delete all the contacts of all the sinners. Because you delete the preacher's name, obviously. But he was a friend of sinners. But he was separate from them. If you've been called out, sometimes you can't go back. You can't go back with your old friends. You're separate from them. You're on a different path. You're serving the Most High. Not to get high. You feel me? This morning he says to the author of Hebrews, He's separate from sinners. And He's exalted above the heavens. Oh, that's very good. That means He's above the heavens. That means He's above all my problems. 
Have you ever gone through something and just turn around and talk to somebody about your troubles? The other day I was walking through Walmart. I just got that kind of face, Brother Danny, that people want to come up to me and tell me stuff. I don't know what it is. They must know I'm a preacher or a pastor. They just started telling me, unloading on me. I'm like, I just want some macaroni. And they just they just want to talk to me, Brother Danny. This lady tried to just spilled her guts and told me all her troubles and trials. And yeah, I'm praying for her, but I'm not above her in the heavens. I'm down here in the mess with her. Do you feel me? Yes, we can unload on our neighbor and tell them all our struggles and trials. Husbands, when your wife tells you her problems, she ain't necessarily telling you to fix it. She just wants you to listen. Uh, That was was just extra for somebody. Many times we're in the mess and just want to tell somebody. But here we see that Jesus is above the heavens. He's not in the miry clay. He's not. He he's an upper hand. He's a an ace up to sleep. He's above it all. He's strong and mighty, able to lift you out. He's above whatever you're going through. The little old lady comes up to the preacher after service. He said, "Preacher, I just decided to only pray about the big things to God." And that fiery preacher, ah. He didn't say that. That's what I like to do. He said, Dear lady, all the things are small to a big God. Whatever you're facing, He's above it all. He's above the storm. He's above the anxiety. He's above it all. And He's able to help you. He's exalted above the heavens. Verse 27, He has no need like the other high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins, and then for those of the people. Since he did this once for all, he offered up himself. Jesus is not trekking to the cross every day. Because you've got to get re-saved. There are people who come to the altar and get re-saved every couple of weeks. Not saying here at Riverside, in any church, they come in to rededicate their life and they say, Oh, I gotta crucify Jesus all over for my sins. Did you not read earlier that he saves you to the uttermost? Absolutely it's finished. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, It is done. The price has been paid. Your sins are forgiven. It's just bad theology. Preacher came to preach, he gave the altar call. He was visiting this church. He was at the front and he was giving an invitation. He said, will you come and dedicate your life to Jesus? The old drunk on the back road got up and started coming forward and came and fell on the altar. The preacher said, will anybody else come? An old lady on the back said, don't pray for him, preacher. He's leaky. Whenever you pour God's Spirit into him, it comes out and he has to come back and get refilled. We ain't leaky Christians. He saves us to the uttermost. Yes, you might not have been living right, but you're still His. You might have been the prodigal. In the story of the prodigal son, we don't read that the father disowns his son, pushes him away, takes his name off the registry. He still belongs to the father. If you're here today and you're a leaky Christian, come and let Him seal the holes up and hold you and say, this one's mine. In spite of Him, I have saved Him. What you're saying this morning, preachers, what I should do is say, I belong to Jesus and He belongs to me. He's made a covenant with me. And I'm going to trust Him in spite of me. You've heard me say, 
Jesus died for sinners because that's all there is. Maybe you're here today and you look around, look at all these perfect people. Look how good they look. Don't let them fool you. I've been to their houses. I've seen them in town. Wigs not on straight. Mascara's crooked. I've seen them sweaty and I've seen them in the air conditioner. I've seen them with smut dirt on their faces. They ain't that perfect. They're just saved by grace just like you are. And that includes the preacher. <laughs> Sorry, I just got to laugh because it's so good to me that Jesus saved sinners. This morning, <laughs> He's exalted above the heavens. And He don't have to offer His sacrifice daily because it's been done once for all. He offered up Himself. It's finished. Verse 28, for the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests. But the word of oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who had been made perfect. We read about Levi and the Levitical priest and Aaron. How they were born in the priesthood. These priests had no choice. They come from this clan. You're going to have to work in the temple. That's just the way it works. But outside of Levi, there's another priesthood. If, you're, if you missed last week, I encourage you to go online and listen to the one who saves to the uttermost, who's an eternal high priest. The things are not going to change. I know in a fickle society, when we deal with social justice, we deal with the economy, we deal with foreign relations, we deal with race relations, we deal with things that are changing at a rapid rate. Did you know when you buy a laptop, when you pay for it and scan it, before you get it into your car, it's out of date. When you buy a car, drive it off the lot, everybody knows the value drops because things change. Did you know when you got here this morning, since you walked through those doors and pulled up into the parking lot, that you've changed? Your hemoglobin has changed. Your blood pressure, probably real high right now, has changed. Your opinion of your neighbor has changed. Your opinion of me. Your opinion of God has changed. Seasons change. People change. Church changes. Preachers change. Friends change. Friends change from friends to frenemies to enemies. Spouses change. Your status changes. Things change. But there's one thing. One thing that does not change. This one is immutable. Immutable is not the button on your remote at home to make your TV be quiet. Immutable means always the same. Always persistent. Always, always the same. What is this thing that changes? That don't change? What is it, preacher? What is this thing that don't change? His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. No matter if you've changed in the last year, if you changed in the last decade or the last decades, the last week or the last month, lukewarm, hot or cold, He don't change. That's, that's encouraging to somebody. But we're, we're, well, let's be honest. Many of us are just uh, lacking the papers to say we're bipolar. We swing from one extreme to the next. Let's just be honest. We just don't have the documentation. We're bipolar in our relationships, bipolar and swinging from one extreme to the next in our relationships with the people around us and with God. 
But we see He swore an oath. He will not cease to do us good. To hold on to us in spite of us. He, he will not stop blessing us. He will not stop forgiving us and showing us grace and mercy. You know why? Because He's a good God. And a good God saves good sinners. We're good at sinning. Big sinners need a big Savior. And His name is Jesus. No matter how dirty you are today, what you've done, how you faded, how you've been distracted, Jesus, like the Father who stood in the path waiting for the prodigal, He stood waiting. He didn't wait for the Son to get to Him. He went after the Son, if you ever read the story. He hiked up His robe and ran, threw Himself on His child, blessed Him and restored Him before He even got home. I know that ain't in the text today, but it's true. To those who have failed God, welcome to the family. To those who are not good enough to get to heaven, come on in. You've heard it said, I don't want to go to that church while those hypocrites. I don't want to go there. You go to Walmart while those hypocrites are. Amen, preacher. You go to the gym when it's open. Go to the restaurant if they let you. All those hypocrites go there too. Come on in. What's one more hypocrite? I'm not asking you to join the role. I'm not asking you to put on your name on the membership. I'm asking you to serve Jesus and love Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And when you mess up, don't run away from Him. When my children mess up, the worst thing they could do is run to the arms of somebody else and get their advice. Run to your daddy. Run to your mama. And that what you want your children to do? Come to me if there's trouble. Amen. Don't stay away. If there's trouble in your life, run to Jesus. Amen. Why do you think they extended His arms? On the cross, His arms are extended today. No matter how big your troubles, how big your failures, come to Jesus. And you've heard the preacher say, and I'll finish on this, there are no stretch marks on grace. He don't almost save you. He doesn't say, Woo, i got to go look in the back and see if there's enough grace to cover this situation. That's not what He does. He spills His blood, washes you, clothes you in righteousness, and claims you as His own. So whoever you are, no heads bowed and no eyes closed. From this moment on, say in your heart, I belong to Jesus. I failed Him, but He has never failed me. I've broken His heart, but He hasn't broken mine. He has been faithful to me. He has a covenant with me. He keeps me and He holds me. But don't forget that last part. He keeps me and holds me in spite of me. Ooh, that's good. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, this morning, I pray that You'll stir the hearts of Your people. I do hope that someone is convicted here today 